It's official. One Shining Podcast is back, and I am your host, Tate Frazier. And as March Madness begins, we're covering everything from Selection Sunday all the way to the championship and beyond. We're going to have great guests that are coming through on the show. And look, if you're a friend of the program and you're already subscribed, you don't have to do anything. OSP is back. It's going to be right back in your feed. And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Draft Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Ben Solak and Craig Horlbeck, who is somehow alive, even though San Diego State made the Final Four. Amazing. We'll get to that at the end, baby. Go (laughs) Go Tex. Go Tex. We're coming to you every Tuesday and Thursday here on the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Not really, but it's fucking. (laughs) Copy that. Some people do, but usually it's just guys. I I accept the support, though. I was thinking that. It felt right in the moment. I just, I just, you know, I went for it. As always, go to NFLDraft.TheRinger.com. We've got our draft guide. DK's got big boards. we got our mock drafts. Everything team needs are coming soon. NFLDraft.TheRinger.com. Today, we're going to look at the wide receivers. We're going through. We're giving scouting comparisons. Well, DK and Solak are going to give the 50 Shades of Grey style comparisons. And if you don't know what that sexy means. Sexy comparisons. Sexy comparisons. <laughs> you're going to find out. This we're is what Dominator rating is. If you've ever done this, oh, is Dominator rating right here. Ben, nice. <laughs> hey, what's up? Look at that. Jokes. That was great. That was good. Uh, we're also going to, I want to hear from Craig about San Diego State making the Final Four. But first, so Lamar Jackson requested a trade on Twitter, except he just tweeted, hey, I asked for a trade three weeks ago, which is kind of funny. So basically, Lamar tweeted, among many things, I'm not going to read the whole thing. He said, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens has not been interested in meeting my value. He goes on. You're all great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family. And I end quote, but except it goes on and on. So the basic summary of this Ravens thing is basically Lamar wants a basketball contract like Deshaun Watson got and five years guaranteed. And the Ravens are like, we just do football contracts like two or three years guaranteed. And now the Ravens and Lamar negotiation is like a proxy fight for this cold war of like owners and the union and whether they should guarantee contracts or not. And basically NFL owners are like, we don't want to become the NBA. And that's like the whole fight. I don't know who wants this. I could just throw a jump ball here, but basically there are football situations where sure they need Lamar Jackson, like sure. Washington needs Lamar, but you can't sign Lamar to a fully guaranteed deal and give up two first round picks without the owner being on board. I don't see a single team where I look at the owner and they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll change the precedent for contract structure in the NFL. I don't think anyone's going to sign Lamar Jackson to this deal. Is there a team out there that I'm not seeing where the owners, yeah, I'll just blow this all up. Let's do it. Heifetz, if you're looking for an owner crazy enough to do this, I encourage you to search Jim Irsay on Twitter (laughs) and you've got to introduce yourself to the, the Colts ownership and some, some photos taken of him in the last decade. And this just general style of tweeting. Uh, I agree with you that like the number one impediment to a Lamar trade slash tender offer slash any way to get off of Baltimore's roster, the most likely, the most, the biggest obstacle for that is no owner wanting to step out of line of what is kind of a quasi unspoken, maybe semi spoken agreement to not, you know, give up any ground on guaranteed contracts. That's absolutely the biggest issue. I do think there's a a few worlds in which Jermaine Irsay 
you know, quite recently made Jeff Saturday the interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> with no coaching experience. True. Just goes, ah, heck it, and just full sends it, right? Well, like, here's the, I, I, I'm with you, except literally last, so we're recording this for Tuesday. Literally last night, Jim Owner said, as an owner, I do not believe in fully guaranteed contracts. I think percentage is one thing, but from what I've seen from the NBA and baseball, I don't see guaranteed contracts as a positive. Well, because if this happens, right, like the Deshaun Watson contract, if it happens once, it's an outlier. If it happens twice, it's now a pattern, right? And it yep. now has to continue yep. forever. And then the next quarterback's going to ask for that. So this is just the owners getting together, having a collective mindset saying, hey, none of us are going to budge. This is a deal we're all going to make with ourselves, right? Yeah, which like the the collusion aspect of it is like, I don't know, firstly, how collusion is actually defined. And I don't know, like if they all may, met in a shady back room with cigars. <laughs> is there a big owner's like, group chat? And they're like, hey, no guaranteed contracts, right? And then 31 teams thumbs up it. <laughs> they heard it. <laughs> Schefter, Schefter tweeted out the details of the Deshaun Watson deal, and then you just saw Jimmy Haslam has left the chat in the owners group chat. It's like, got kicked by Jerry oh, no. Jones. Like, Get him out of here. He's not one of us anymore. Um, regardless, uh, like, so Ursay makes that comment, and I, I'm not surprised that he did, and I think that that makes sense and everything like that. I think that the world Jim Ursay is looking at right now is one where he loves Will Levis and gets him at four overall. And I'm just saying there's worlds in which the Colts and I had that pick at four and quarterback went one quarterback went two, quarterback three went three and they don't like the guy at four. And all of a sudden guaranteed contracts start to look a little bit different. Right. And the same thing is true for Lamar where right now Lamar is like, yeah, guaranteed contract. I want, I want hundred percent guaranteed deal. Get to July. And the only team that's interested in you is the Colts and the world starts to look a little bit different. So like, and so, what is it, draft day, right? Where uh, they say, like, that that was that deal's an hour ago. You know what I'm saying? We live in a different world than we lived <laughs> in 10 minutes ago, right? That's kind of the changing nature of the NFL. So, th- I think this is a really weird offseason because, generally speaking, the soft deadline for all quarterback trades is basically mid-March, and the hard deadline's always the draft. And this year, it's like the opposite. For Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson, it's kind of like the draft is the soft deadline, and week one is like the hard deadline, basically, where... The Lamar, because the way the Lamar deal works, where if you sign him with the contract and the Ravens match or the Ravens decline, you have to send them two first round picks. All the all these teams, if they did it, they would wait till after the draft because they'd rather send their first rounders in 2024 and 2025. So I don't think anyone's going to do it till the draft. Having said that, if the draft passes and teams get their quarterbacks, I feel like Lamar at that point could just either play for the Ravens on the tag or he could just not show up and never play for the Ravens again. DK, if we get to that point, I don't know about you. I'm starting to wrap my head around that. Do you think there's a world where Lamar just doesn't show up? It just doesn't play for Baltimore. Uh, is there a world where that happens? I think so. I mean, this is how leverage works with these types of things. Like, like he can hold out. That is the leverage he holds over the team. Is there a world? I, my question back to you would be like, is there a world in which he gets traded for less than what the non-exclusive tag is like two first round? Is there a world in which he's like, I'm not going to play period. So you have to trade me. Or, you know, you can go fuck yourself. So the way it works is that basically he's basically it's a it's basically like restricted free agency in the NBA. He can go sign a deal with anybody and they the exact contract more or less word for word goes back to the Ravens and the Ravens are like, we can sign this and we get Lamar for this contract. Or if they don't sign it, the team that does get Lamar, let's say the Colts did it. The Colts have to send their next two first round picks to the Ravens. So that's why you think they would wait till after the draft because the rules are like, ha, ah, after the draft, it's 2024. It can't be like less than that. But the problem is if Lamar actually wants a guaranteed contract, I don't think any owners are doing it. So at that point, it's basically just a franchise tag situation. And it's like, will Lamar levy on Bell and be like, actually, I'm just going to sit out and just go to free agency and be an unrestricted free agent in March 2024? Or does he show up? This, 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 like the next big landmark is the draft. And then it's still a bunch of weirdness and still a lot of trap doors. And like, it's, this is going to be, a, this is going to go on for a long time. And this is going to be a holdout. This is going to get ugly. That's my, it's my yeah. opinion. That's yeah. the, and that's really the, the nut and bolts here. I don't think Lamar or Rogers is getting resolved in for literally months. I think that this might go on for th- like till week one. Great for so, the content folks. Yeah. Great Let's the do it, baby. Keeps on giving Yeah, water in the desert. That. All right, let's get to 50 shades of gray. So, we're going through our receiver prospects here. And basically, I feel like we always treat we always talk about prospects like they're finished products. It's like, okay, you're 21-year-old. Coming to the NFL, you are who you are. In reality, your range of outcomes depends on a lot of factors. You could become a one. You could become a, a 50, whatever. So we're going through all these guys on a scale of one to 50, the shades of gray of how they might turn out. Is that fair, yes. DK? I would, I'd say, look, 
I do our comps for our draft guide and people get mad at me constantly about the comps because I'm like, you're either like selling him short by comping him to a bad player or an average player, or you're comping to a really good player. And then people get upset about that because, you know, oh, you're saying this guy's going to be Antonio Brown or whoever, you know, like, give me a break. I'm just trying to give you a stylistic comparison or whatever. So this is like where we're coming from. There's shades of gray with everything. Um, well, it's like you so compare yes. Tyree Wilson to JV on Clowney, which is like, oh, he's the best prospect ever. Or, oh, he's going to suck. <laughs> right. right. The so other thing is that like most players, context. yeah, like most players end up average. Right. Like that's how average works, man. <laughs> and so like it's 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 nice to use a high end comp to be like this is what the guy could become. It's nice to use low end comps to be like this is a guy we also thought could become something great and he totally busted. But the reality is like so he's going to end up somewhere in this spectrum of like handy, useful players that stick right. around for a while and occasionally are good. And that's nice. So what we're going to do is we're going to have you guys give your ranges of the outcome on a scale of zero to 50. Uh, zero to 50 is a really weird scale, uh, but it, we like the term 50 shades of gray. So we're going zero to 50. So, <laughs> so zero is bad. So we're really just shoving this through here. And yeah, yeah, branding is more important than anything. Really. <laughs> yeah. Logic. Please. Yo. <laughs> yeah, th- yeah. I don't think there's a great SEO. People are really Shades Googling Fifty Shades Gray these days. Yeah, I listen. I'm trying to figure out what this is. <laughs> I don't really get it. <laughs> the so zero is like the worst possible outcome for the player. Fifty is like how they're going to make the Hall of Fame. And we're going to mm-hmm. go through the receivers, and we're going to actually see if we can figure out okay who are these guys going to be. And then I also want to hear your guys' confidence scale and where you think they actually do end up on the zero to fifty scale. So without further ado, DK, I Yo. want you to start Jordan Addison, the receiver mm-hmm. at a USC who I think we have barely talked about during this draft run up and deserves uh, some shine. So where, who are your 50 shades of gray comparisons for Jordan Addison? First of all, how big, how big is he? Give us height, weight. God, my voice. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like someone's been screaming at the television for like four basketball games Uh, in a row. Man. Craig just ripping through packs of cigs before the pod. (laughs) Since I was was Uh, six. Addison came in. Pretty undersized. He's 5'11", 173 pounds, which is kind oh, wow. of a concern. Okay. Um, so so that like, was, how much do you weigh? Uh, I just got under 160. I've lost 10 pounds Look since the you. end of the season. Wow. Because I'm not eating healthy. hamburgers. Let's go, baby. <laughs> yeah, 159.9. Didn't you eat four or five guys cheeseburgers? We don't need to talk about how many five guys hamburgers <laughs> I ate in Phoenix the weekend of the Super Bowl. When I did those expense reports... I was horrified. It was a wake-up call. That was the most motivated I've ever been to change my eating habits in my life. And when I expensed expensed five guys, and the best thing is throughout the week, you can see like, all right, first couple days, I'm like, yeah, can I get like a a burger and onions and lettuce, whatever. By the end of the week, it's like bacon, cheese, mayo. (laughs) Like emotional support condiments started getting thrown on that, John. The expense website was like, Ben, are you sure? It looks like you've repeated four receipts. And you're like, yeah, Dude, that, that's right. I, I, when I sent it, I sent it to my manager. I was like, I need you to just approve this and not look at the details. I was like, I'm just going to need you to just, just check this and send it through, man. I can't have you seeing this. Bryce Young's agent's behind you in line and calls Bryce Young. He's like, I have an idea. <laughs> this this kid here, he's onto something. All right. Now that we promised we'd talk about Jordan Addison, let's um, get back to Jordan Addison. So he's skinny is the context that you need for these comps. And so I started, I'll start with the low end for this one. Worst case scenario. Worst case is like, he's like a DD Westbrook type player where hyperproductive in college comes in and just doesn't really do anything in the NFL. Um, getting into a more realistic comp. This is my 30. I think Darnell Mooney is my like hmm. more realistic. I don't know if floor is the right word. Cause obviously Mooney has been pretty good. He had like a thousand yard season, but like, Picture Darnell Mooney, the type of productive, like a number two that you could imagine on your team. That to me is a realistic comp for Jordan Addison going up one step further. The California version of Hollywood Brown, not the Florida one, the California Hollywood Brown. And then number five, this is the 50. If we Mr. Potato headed Devonte Smith with normal human limbs instead of really <laughs> ridiculously long, just take off the the super super uh, yeah. long arms and Mr. Potato head on normal sized limbs, and that's like Devonte Smith is yeah. like the ceiling let's, comp for me. Uh, let's get Mr. Potato Head into the draft garden. <laughs> wow! <laughs> if you Mr. Potato headed him, he'd be all right. <laughs> so that's to me that's the range of outcomes. It's like you could have a really you know, potential superstar, like I think Devontae Smith is. Um, or you can have a guy that just is too small, really, to hold up in the NFL. I think I'm out. After seeing these comps, I'm out. 
Wow. All right. Well, Devontae Smith is like the biggest physical outlier ever. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's not going to happen. Uh, and then if Marquise <laughs> Brown is his 40, I'm like, eh. Marquise, Marquise Brown? Is Marquise he the one Brown, on the team? He's, he's underrated. Let's give Marquise Brown a break. He's been a productive nope. pro. This is just a list of players who the entire conversation around them was, they were good, but oh my God, they're so small. Well, yeah, th- this yeah. is a bigger conversation for this entire right. draft because everybody in this draft, all the, like most of the big name receivers in this class are ridiculously small human beings, like 170 pounds. Um, I don't know. I, I think this is a part of a bigger conversation. Marquise Brown has had over a thousand yards. He had 91 receptions in 2021. Like he has had, a, he's been pretty good in the NFL despite being small. Um, but at mm-hmm. the same time, as Craig said, I'm out. Like you have to keep, you have to take everything with a grain of salt because this, these are really small people. And historically <laughs> that hasn't really worked out for really small people. So this is, yeah. I think that's the context you need for, yeah. For perspective, two of the 10 lightest receivers in combine history since, uh, 99 are, uh, are in this class. And then five wow. of the lightest 25 are in this class, not five of the last 25, five of the last 50, my apologies. But the thing is, like, what's what's really important is that in a lot of those other classes, it was like late round dudes who like made it to the you know combine and maybe they were going to get drafted. Now we're talking about like some of the top guys, like Josh mm-hmm. Downs, like Jordan Addison, you know, uh, 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 Tank Dell. Like these are guys who might like go like round one and then into day two. Like this is the best the class has got, and they're all like one sixty, one seventy. It's bananas. I think it, we were talking about this last night on Twitter. It's like. I think number one, the NFL is just getting smaller. Like receivers are getting smaller. There's less of an onus on players being like big and physical and being able to take punishment over the middle of the field because the, you know, the rules have changed. You can't take a guy's head off over the middle of the field like you used to be able to. So like these small guys can survive in the NFL. The game is changing. It's spreading out. There's a, there's a million variables, but also it's just, I think coincidence or what the right, I don't know what the right word is, but like, there's just a lot of small guys in this class. So I, I guess what I'm wondering is, are these guys like worth taking high? Because even though they're smaller, the league's going that way. And like, you still need guys to contribute. And if you can be a Devonte Smith and you can be a Marquise Brown, if you can actually play, that's fine. Or like, is this just a weird outlier group where there's not that many big people? And like, I don't know. So like, 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 I guess, where should you take Jordan Addison? Like, like, cause Devonte Smith was a first rounder. Marquise Brown mm-hmm. was a first rounder. But at the same time, if you know how Marquise Brown's first five seasons go, he probably doesn't go in the first round. So are we talking about a second round player here or, or a first? I wouldn't take Addison first round. Uh, I was low on Addison's film before we got combine stuff. And then, you know, he came in light and didn't run that well, which like a lot of people are like, wow, like it's going to be really fast for Jordan Addison coming up to the combine. I was like, are we watching the same guy? Like this guy's stride is a yard. Like you can't, He's not, he's not going to be like a burner, right? Like later in this, in this, uh, in this, this exercise, I'm going to talk about a couple more smaller undersized receivers who have like more speed to them, right? Who have more downfield presence. Uh, that's never Addison. So it's like, it's, it's a quick undersized guy who's going to take hits. That to me is not a round one profile. That's made especially true by the fact that he's got a lot of company. He's got Tank Dell. He's got Zay Flowers. He's got Tyler Scott. He's got, uh, uh, you know, Jalen Cropper. He's got a bunch of dudes in this class who are also small and are also shifty slot uh, separator guys. And so I think Addison might end up going round one because wide receiver is a premium position. It's a Bolinikoff award winner, and it's not that strong of a draft class. But to me, like, you know, we like to make fun of teams that have all these these size barriers. Like, we don't draft small people. And like, all right, maybe you should sometimes draft small people. But a, a 177-pound receiver who, like, doesn't have to me like really truly cardinal defining traits, not like Devonte Smith. Like every game you watch, you're like holy smokes, what the heck? How's, how's this guy doing this? Like I, 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 to me, it's a little bit dime a dozen. I don't want to be spending a first round pick on that. To add to that, however, however, he's like a lot of guys number one. Like in terms of the draft media, like he's a lot of people's wide receiver one in this class. And I think so. I like that's just the context. I think there's a lot of people that really think he his route running and you know, his ability to pick up yards after the catcher are like going to win out. But I, I'm with you. So like, like it's, it's, it's worrisome to me that he didn't, he wasn't like a blazer. He's, he's not a big physical player, obviously. Um, so I'm just trying to figure out like, is that a first round yeah. prospect? I had him as wide receiver four entering the combine on my board and he's wide receiver four leaving the combine. I'm out. All right. Okay. So if you had to pick a zero out of 50, <laughs> where his career I'm outcome out. comes 30, I, I think I, I comped him. Darnell Darnell Mooney? Mooney? Yes. Oh, <laughs> Uh, I like Darnell Mooney, but like first round, I'm good. Ugh. Okay. All right. Next up here, Solak. Yes. The true wide receiver one, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Ohio State. <laughs> it, 
what's the meme of it's all Ohio astronaut guy with the gun. It always has been. That's what <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Just, and in entering the summer, we were like Jack Smith and Jigbo. This guy's crazy. And then we spent the last nine months being like, what about all these other players? And now here we are back again. And we're like, wow, you know whose film was really good? Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'm going to start at the bottom and work my way up. Uh, Smith and Jigba is like a decently sized traditional slot receiver. He's got great separation ability. He's got good toughness over the middle of the field. What you're worried about is my 10 and my 20, like Austin Collie to Jarvis Landry, right? Where he's just kind of like there in the middle, catching a lot of passes, not doing a lot with them afterwards and taking a ton of hits. And you don't know what his longevity is going to be like because he's not the thickest or the biggest dude. So that's what you're, you're kind of worried about. Like, you know, fantasy guys, crazy, right? Like he's going to get a ton of targets. He's going to be like a, a wide receiver one. He's going to be funneled uh, catches. But like in terms of explosive value and scoring touchdowns, he's not necessarily what you want in terms of like a field stretcher and dynamic wide receiver one. He's kind of a, a low ceiling player. 30, which is my comp for him, you know, kind of overall is Julian Edelman. Uh, Edelman's one of the best slot players that you've seen. He's a quarterback's best friend. He understands like, you know, the aspect of the game. He's got that detail to him. He's tough. He can block. And then like because of his wiggle and because of his understanding, because of his feel, he can create explosive plays. I think that Edelman's a good barometer for like, okay, he was definitely a good receiver. Everybody who tried to make Hall of Fame cases for him one time because he caught a lot of passes. We were all Shame like, no, 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 relax, That was a boring yeah. Super Bowl. There had to be something to talk about. Right. Like, he's just a good slot who caught a lot of passes with a, with a quarterback who worked really well with him. I think that that's a good, like, you know, middle ground for where Smith and Jigma might end up. Uh, 40 for me is Amon Ross St. Brown, which is a comp that you saw a lot when people thought he was going to run really slow because Amon Ross St. Brown has developed into this awesome move receiver for the Lions. He's been such a valuable, tough piece over the middle of the field, but he just wasn't fast. That's why he was a fourth round pick. Smith and Jigwa is, is clearly faster and, and, and clearly more dynamic. I don't think he's nearly as tough. I don't think he's nearly as physical. I don't think he's nearly the same tackle breaker. Oh, so he's soft. He's not soft, but Amon Ross St. Brown is uniquely giftedly tough dude and that's the thing that to me like has his to dad be was mr universe acknowledged yeah like like amon ross st <laughs> brown doesn't give a hoot about getting hit and that's yeah. that's a very important thing for a slot receiver and so the jigwa just doesn't play at that size of that toughness it's it's what makes st brown so impressive now my 50 i have yet to say this out loud <laughs> anywhere yes because I know it's problematic and it's going to get me in trouble and people are going to be like, you're comping him to people you shouldn't be comping him to. With that said, people love to be like, oh, Jackson with the Jigba is like Justin Jefferson. Like he was just out of the slide. He's not that fast. No, no, no. He doesn't play like Justin Jefferson. He doesn't look like Justin Jefferson. He plays like Cooper Cup. He's a little smaller. There you go. There we go. He's a little smaller. People forget Cooper Cup's true 6'2". It's been the Jigba's just a little bit over six foot. But in terms of like quarterback friendliness, in terms of consistent hands, in terms of like always open, in terms of coverage recognition, there are absolutely 100% times where you watch Jackson Smith and Jigba and you go to yourself, wow, that looks like the way that Cooper Cup runs those routes. That looks like yeah. the way he plays. Where it's just like he's always moving faster than defenders think. and He's always got a little bit more of an angle and he's, 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 he's got the ability to make, make a, a clean tackle into a glancing blow and then fall forward for two yards to pick up the first down. He just gets it so if everything about smith and jigba hits he's a cooper cupish player ball that's player. all i'm in yeah that's I'm all in. that's all i'm in i'm in i'm so in <laughs> that's how you sell it baby land I, like, I feel like I, I failed jordan addison on this one um even though i think he's a good player i don't i like jsn more i think jsn has a higher ceiling higher floor i just think he's a like basically as ben laid it out he's a ball player he's just good he's good at football ball playing jesse so I like that. But the Cooper Cup isn't wild. How what's how thick is JSN? So he's six foot, and then at the combine he came in at like one ninety six. I want to say, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, six foot five eight, one ninety six. I bet you he's more like six foot one ninety when he plays. Which again, Cup is taller and bigger, right? So you're you're a little bit, you know, Mario after getting hit by a Koopa here. You know, you're, you're getting a, you're, you're shrinking the size down from Cup. <laughs> and um, if you're wondering, you can go to NFLDraft.thewringer.com. We're in DK's scouting reports. We got the height, the weight. Wow. And in fact, I believe DK says he's got, let's see here. Let's pull up the scouting report. Smith and Jigba plays with a smooth, effortless style, showcasing body control. What's your comp for him, DK? <laughs> Thanks, Ivan. Uh, I put Amon Ra St. Brown. Amon Ra, yeah. So yeah. Like, again, like if, if he really, truly hits, then like he's got that potential to be like an Amon Ra St. Brown, like a Cooper Cup, where you're your team's primary target primary third down getter, primary touchdown getter, operating from the slot and from the outside, which there's not really a bona fide wide receiver one in this class. So that's that's a compelling case to take Smith and Jigba early, in my opinion.
I just love guys like this, looking at the comps, like Cooper Cups and Monroe. These are just like real like gamers, contributors, like third down, like gritty. They don't pass like the athleticism test, but when they're on the field, they're actually just like awesome. Good at football. Good at football. Like me seeing like a Marquise Brown or a Darnell Mooney types compared to like Julian Edelman and Monroe St. Brown, I would take Edelman and Amonra 10 out of 10 over those other guys. Nice. Speaking of which, DK, next up. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Jalen Hyatt, receiver out of Tennessee. This year's Bolitnikoff winner. Mm. Truly, truly productive and What's incredibly explosive. Uh, let's see here. Let's pull this Craig, up. Craig is just like, listen, you better be opening every scouting report with height, weight, arm length, wingspan. We have, I think we have it's fully, a good table setter. NFL draft out the pilled Craig. This guy, he's very skinny, Craig. Let's just put this out there. He's six foot, 176. So he's on the shrimp spectrum again. He's a, he's a small guy. He's very skinny. This is the guy, Mr. Potato Headed with Kevin Durant's limbs, right? It looks that way. He actually didn't measure out with the super long arms, but he looked like his frame, I feel like, makes it look like he he's has really very long. linear. Like he's got really, he's, he's high cut. So he's got really long, like he's a leggy guy. And then he just has <laughs> the go-go gadget arms at the it's catch high point. cut. So he actually ended up having 32 and a half inch arms, which is very standard. But I thought like he just looks and plays like he has really long levers. So um, let's see here. Let's pull up my comps. I'm going to start with the top. This is the elite comp and you guys can take it or leave it. But I said you're starting at 50. Yeah, I'm starting at 50. This is a ceiling comp. Like if DK Metcalf had never seen a weight room, I think stylistically and role wise as a field stretcher who starts Mm -hmm. out basically running one route, and stretching a defense and winning at the catch point, I think he could be a DK Metcalf-esque style player. Obviously, he's not nearly as muscular or huge, um, but in the role that he's going to be asked to play early in his career, which is you know run this route and do it well, I think he can do that. And then over over the years, I think he could develop into a more nuanced and you know round, well-rounded route runner, kind of like DK Metcalf has over the last few years. So that would be. Craig just wrote down emaciated DK Metcalf. <laughs> There you go. Here's the thing about DK Metcalf. If you hadn't seen a weight room, DK, he'd be bad. He wouldn't be good. He'd be a bad player. I, That's not gotta, true. He, do you think he wins? I don't think DK Metcalf wins because he's super like tough and physical. I think he wins because he's explosive. Okay, that that is fair because DK does play soft a little bit. All right, yeah, and rephrase. he's like not, DK's not DK's not actually like that good at the catch point. Like rephrase, honestly, rephrase, 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 rephrase. If DK Metcalf hadn't seen a weight room, I wouldn't love him as much. So think about that. Okay. <laughs> see, that's see, that's fair. Um, but just imagine DK Metcalf like in zero gravity for like, I don't know, you know, whatever. So like you hit a soft spot um because me and DK's father both tell DK sometimes he's DK Metcalf is overrated and DK gets apoplectic. <laughs> yeah. DK I have a running Danny Kelly. Okay, cool. I have a running fight with my dad because my dad doesn't like DK Metcalf. Um we don't talk about it anymore. It's too, it's, you know, too raw. Yeah. All right. So what's anyways. the 40 for Jalen Hyatt out of 50? <laughs> so the 40 is Will Fuller with a back to tank. In other words, if Will Fuller could stay healthy, that was a Star Wars joke for anyone out there. Come on. Uh, you got to know that one, guys. I don't know that one. <laughs> Just back watch watch what? the book of Boba Fett. Come Tough on. Room Be a ringer employee. There's um, like 50 right. Star Wars shows now. I don't have the time. <laughs> God damn it. Just, they're just beating the shit out of that dead horse. All right. And then 30, Paul Richardson with a back to tank. 20. Paul, Paul, Richardson, Paul Richardson is the average likely outcome. Paul Richardson, if he can stay healthy. Yes. 20. So oh, out. God, I'm getting worried. Hyatt will always be hurt. 10, John Ross. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Who was 20? I missed 20. Oh God, I'm worried Hyatt will always be hurt. I don't know. I was just Oh, that's you know. it. There's no cop. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. I love Stream that. of consciousness. Um John Ross, fuck. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> speedsters. Paul Richardson, you may remember, got like a huge second deal. He wasn't like shitty, shitty, but five like, years, $40 million in the Washington Commanders. Yeah. I have the details memorized because of how amazing that deal was. The reason I bring up Richardson, though, is because he was very, very explosive. Obviously, my Seahawks took him in the second round and immediately they had to like rationalize with the fans because he was like six foot or whatever he was 160 something pounds, like just rail, rail thin. And so they immediately started talking about like Marvin Harrison, some of these really skinny guys over, you know, history. Um, and he just never panned out. He was never that good. And he always hurt. So anyways, I'm not saying that Hyatt, I, I would, and I'd be more inclined to think he's like a Will Fuller type than a Paul Richardson type. So but I think you, you have Will to be Fuller, realistic. Healthy Will Fuller is like, Kirkland Costco brand Randy Moss. 
Do you like mean like, like steroid Will Fuller or non-steroid yeah, Will the Fuller? The lubed up hamstrings? You heard, you heard healthy <laughs> and your thought was steroid? Will Fuller, <clears throat> to, to add context to the Will Fuller thing, if Will Fuller was healthy, he is, I don't know if he's necessarily a super high volume pass catcher, but he's a type of guy who changes the way, fundamentally changes the way your offense runs and the way that defenses have to defend you. If you looked at the numbers back in the day with Will Fuller when he was on the field versus when he wasn't on the field in terms of Deshaun Watson's stats, like obviously he was changing the whole offense because, you know, he's he's basically shifting the way the defense has to defend you. And so um, that's the context of how I'm looking at this. Like, I think that's the type of player Hyatt's upside could be. Um, but I don't know if he's necessarily ever going to be like a super high volume cap pass catcher, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I'm worried about CeeDee Lamb every time he catches a pass getting injured and CeeDee Lamb's like <laughs> 6'2", 200. This guy's six foot 175. I'm, I'm telling so you, out. small yeah. people. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, did these kids not lift weights during the pandemic in college football? How are all these receivers in the 170s? There's like, this is insane. We're talking about first round receivers, all 170 well, something. Yeah, it's because like offenses have never been better at getting players open. And so now you can be smaller and play wide receiver because you're you have to play who has contact, right? You'll get like, hit in college football yeah. anymore. Like Jordan, let's watch Jordan Addison's film at Pitt, and you're like, oh, like they're just gonna do everything they can to get this very small, very fast man the ball where there are no other people. Wandell Robinson at Kentucky, Tutu Atwell at Louisville, Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee running the choice offense, right? They put him in the back of a stack so he can't get pressed. And then they say, Hey, go outrun somebody. Like it's we just gotten so good. At maximizing athletes at the receiver position that now dudes who previously had body types that put them at corner, put them at running back, right? Stuff like that. Like now they actually get to play wide receiver. Do we have a big person? What about Quentin Johnson, TCU? Can we do a big person? Yes. Big fella. I'm a, I'm a big fan <laughs> of Quentin Johnson. Uh, now figuring out where, figuring out how to mock him is tough because Quentin Johnson, who uh, height weight for Craig, he is six foot two and he came into the combine. I got you. Also, I love that you said it. Figure out how to mock, like you meant mock draft, but figuring out how to mock him is tough. Like you wanted to make fun of him. Right. Yeah. He's a very difficult guy to bully. Uh, no, he's just, he's, he's a hard to figure landing spot. He's six, two, uh, six, three. And then he came in at two Oh eight. He's got a huge wingspan, 96th percentile, 91st percentile arm length, 93 percentile vertical jump, 97 percentile broad jump. So he's got this big, long frame. And he's got these explosive jumps and he just isn't as good getting the ball in the air as you want him to be right. Like people come from to T Higgins. I just cannot get there on that. One right. of the names I actually have down is DK Metcalf. I have, this is like 33, 35 ish comp where it's like, he's not as big as DK. So he's not going to be as good at like, you know, winning like tough catches over the middle of the field and like taking on hits on like in breaking right. routes. But right. they both have that same problem where like catch technique wise, you're like, man, just catch the, just jump and catch the football. And they're like, watch this. <laughs> Turn around. Control my body. Bucket catch. Like, no, no, no. Just stick your just hands out. It. Just yeah. learn how to catch the football. <laughs> um, and so, the, the, but then the the weird exchange that he's very, very good after the catch, right? Like he, 6'3", 210, like, all right. Like Mike Evans, Mike Williams. No, like he's not, he's not that type. He's actually really good running with the ball in his hands. So he's a hard guy to figure out comps for us. With that said, uh, the 10 to me is Hakeem Butler. Twitter, NFL draft oh, fell in love with a high. Why do we have speed, to bring him up again? A high weight speed receiver out of Iowa State in 2018, and then he went in the fourth round of the Cardinals and totally sucked. And there's a chance for doing that. He's, with he's killing it in the XFL right now. Is he? Congrats to him. I think I saw that. Um, <laughs> my my 20 comp is Mac Collins, right? We think about Mac as like a special teams core guy. He wasn't great with the Eagles when they first got him. Like Dolphins, he wasn't good, whatever. And then also with the Raiders, he's starting to come along. It's just he's learning how to use his body better. He's learning how to use his explosiveness. He can catch downfield and then he can run a little bit, right? He's got actual speed and a big frame. For context, so like Matt Collins was the guy that uh, on waivers this year in fantasy football, we all refused to acknowledge that he existed. because DK just, personally despises Matt people Collins. T- people tag me in Matt Collins tweets still. <laughs> <laughs> Max can have this nice like 60 catch. 700 yard, six touchdown season for the Falcons coming up. I'm looking forward to it. The comp that I really like uh, for Quentin Johnston is Martavis Bryant. That's who, what I got. Yeah. Yep. Mart- and, and Martavis it, had a he had productive seasons. He had a thousand yard receiving season. He had off the field stuff that led to suspensions. It was a, a irregular developmental track. He wasn't able to stay on the field. And then he eventually flamed out of the league. So Martavis Bryant without off field concerns, I think is a good paradigm for a guy in Quentin Johnston who is big wins weirdly after the catch and doesn't win downfield as much. So I have 
Uh, uh, Martavis is my 30. I Actually, just below that, 25, I have Chase Claypool. And above that, 35, I have DK. Metcalf. So somewhere in this range of like big dudes who are not as good down the field as they should be. Now, when it comes to high-end comps, if Quinn Johnson learns how to get better down the field, if a coach coaches him up catch technique-wise and gets him better attacking the ball in the air, you're looking at like 40 Mike Williams, then 50. I have, I have DeAndre Hopkins. You're looking at a full-fledged wide receiver one. He's got he's got he's got like crazy like catch radius. He can make insane catches up in the air and away from his body the way that Hopkins does. Like he has that. Just not consistent. Mm-hmm. So he's the sort of guy where like the the 10 to 30 comps I really try to keep like reasonable. Like I think this guy is is more of like a gadget piece than he is a true wide receiver one. But there's a light bulb here where if it goes off and he and he kind of gets it in terms of using his body to box out down the field to win these jump balls. The ceiling jumps really, really fast. So I have him ranked quite highly. And and he's the sort of dude where, like, if my wide receiver coach were really banging the table for him, was like, I can fix this guy, I'd take a lot of credence in that. Because you can get a lot of return on investment if you can just figure out his catch technique, his ball tracking a little bit better down the field. He suddenly becomes a three-level threat with, like, insanely good yak and a big body. That's a very dangerous player. But it isn't a little... Well, I I guess my only confusion is you're saying that his... Quentin Johnson's main problem is that he doesn't reach up to get the ball. And I think of DeAndre Hopkins as the best person on jump balls of the last, like, 10 years. So it's like, is that actually in the range of outcomes for him? So I would say, like, yes, because... Well, one of the reasons why I took Hopkins is because people always watch Hopkins play and go like, oh, he's like 6'5", 225. He's not, right? Hopkins is 6'2". He's under 6'2", right? It was Quentin Johnson... He looks like when he's running, he looks like he's 6'4". When he jumps, he's got a great, huge vertical. He looks like he's nine feet tall. He's really not that big. It's just the the ball tracking with Hopkins is elite. The ball tracking with Quentin Johnston, really good. He finds the ball very, very well. Hopkins knows how to use his body and how to use his hands to address the ball before the corner and the safety can get involved. Johnston doesn't know how to do that. So there's like you take the, the best downfield catches from Johnston, it looks like Hopkins. It's just for him, it's much more so luck right now. With Hopkins, it's much more so something he built out. So I don't mind using it as the comp because the body types are similar. It's just like, yeah, he's probably not going to end up there. That's why it's the 50. But if you end up getting like a Martavis, Brian, DK Metcalf field stretcher, plus a guy you can use underneath who then, you know, creates like a 30, 40 plus yard gain, it's good value. Yeah, the ceiling is is really what's attractive, I think, about Quint Johnson because, I mean, he vertical jumped 40 and a half, broad jumped 11 to. He's, in the 96th percentile, 95th percentile in both at, you know, whatever he is, six foot three, 208, which is what he measured in at the combine. Um, he's just a ridiculous, ridiculous athlete. And there's so much potential there to develop into more if he kind of just becomes a better actual receiver. You know what I mean? Like the physical potential is elite. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, next up, DK. I've got another small guy, Josh I'm Downs, out. North Carolina. Craig, <laughs> I'm not playing to my crowd here, Craig. I should have picked all the big guys. This is such a bad thing because I have two small guys left, and DK is going to steal all the small guy comps, <laughs> and I'm going to have nobody left to use. That's, so, by the Josh way, Downs this... is five foot nine, one seventy one, and I don't yeah. know what's worse that 
He's basically the same weight as Jalen Hyatt, even though he's like three or four inches shorter, or that he's 5'9", 170. He's tiny. Here's the here's the thing that, Ben, to speak to what you just said, when when you're going on Mock Draftable and looking up like athleticism slash uh, size comps for Josh Downs, like six out of the 10 guys that came up as comps for him are in this class. It's a tiny class. Like, it's very weird. You got all these guys, and you're going to talk about Tyler Scott, I think, later. So he's mm-hmm. another that's like really really small guy. We got Trey Tucker. We've got Tank Dell. All these guys are like 160, 170 pounds. It's crazy. Um, but Josh Downs is, I think, another very interesting one. He's probably going to be primarily in the slot. So like I had to think of a lot of slot receivers, but he's really explosive. That's sort of where he, I think, uh, differenti- differentiates himself a little from the rest of the class is that he... Um, both in vertical jump and broad jump. He, like he showed a lot of lower body explosiveness. He does that on tape. Like he goes up and he'll moss guys in the air. He's really good at the catch point. He plays bigger than his listed size, I would say. Um, but there's going to be limitations because he is so small. So I'll start out with the low, low end comp and Heifetz, no offense, but I thought of like Richie James or insert any generic slot receiver that you pick up for two weeks in fantasy in How? November. Dare you disparage <laughs> Richie James in this way? So a great punt returner who's going to drop all the important third downs, right? And he's going to be like a fantasy guy. He's going to be like a fantasy darling for like two or three weeks out of the season. My single most profitable player prop bet on this year was Richie James. That stretch, <laughs> that's amazing. That stretch in which he was the only receiver on the Giants, and yeah. every book was like over under three and a half catches. The best, the best month of my life. Incredible. Um, my thirty comp for him. So like right in the mid range. What I'm. I think the most realistic one is like it Elijah Moore or the idea of Elijah Moore before he started losing snaps to Braxton Berrios. Um, that one stretch of time when he was a rookie, when he was catching everything, that's kind of like what I envisioned for, for Josh Downs. The 40 comp, Hunter Renfro at 1.8x speed. So like just a more explosive, faster version of Hunter Renfro. I think you could catch like 100 passes if he was in the right system. And then 50, this is like the elite, elite, Probably not super realistic, but I absolutely, this is an elite, elite player. Greg Dortch. Just going to get Dortched out there. Dortch. Just kidding. It'd probably be more like T.Y. Hilton or something. Wait, 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 wait. Greg <laughs> Dortch is which, which number out of 50? <laughs> <laughs> it was a joke, Craig. <laughs> All right. So T.Y. Hilton. Dortch. Yeah. Okay. So Hilton's a very common comp for downs. I like him more for one of my guys. I actually comped a different guy to T.Y. Hilton in my actual draft guide. But this is a huge year for T.Y. Hilton because all these small receivers, people are yeah. like, man, they're good down the field. Explosiveness. Who 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 has been good and not injured? That's like that. <laughs> and the only guy is T.Y. Hilton. So everybody just wait. Tyler Scott, T.Y. Hilton, Zay Flowers, T.Y. Hilton. Everybody's T.Y. <laughs> Hilton, baby. We're living. So any thoughts on Josh Downs or is that just uh, did Greg Dorch doesn't do it for you? To be honest, it's kind of hard to generate new original thoughts because all these guys kind of sound the same. Right. Like, I Mm -hmm. I don't know what questions to ask this time around because we've already done like three guys who seem kind of just like this. You know what I mean? Why is Jordan Addison so much better than Josh Downs? Addison can play on the outside and I think he did primarily. Um, Downs, I think, could be, in in theory, he could be a Z and move around, but he is much more of a slot type player, I would say, going forward. Can I answer that question as well? Yes. He's not! My wide receiver three, which is Zay Flowers, my wide receiver four, which is Jordan Addison, my wide receiver five, which is Josh Downs, are all just like... Same tier. Same tier, slash maybe same exact person. And that's that's why <laughs> right. like when, when it says, like, is this around one guy? I'm like, well, maybe in a vacuum, but in this class, no, because I'm just going to wait and see what I can get later. So we're basically saying that, whereas in the past, it's like there's been a bunch of first-round receivers because teams are coming into the 20s to kind of like get guys. And like, obviously, second-round receivers have been really good. This year, teams might actually wait because there's such a big middling like on a stat like group of just they're all roughly the same that maybe these guys are like it'll be Jackson Smith and Jigba and Quentin Johnson and Jordan Addison the first and then a bunch of teams guys that teams are just going to wait and go get. Yeah, I think that right. There's redundancy here, which makes it um, more going to be more of like, a okay, first, who's your flavor? Like, who do you like? Right. You have to try to figure out who the other teams like. Do they are they a Zay team? Are they a Josh Downs team? Are they an Addison team? But then also, like, if yeah, if you look back at some of these past classes, like last year, man, like talk about the the variety we had when you went from like Drake London and, and his size, Chris Olave and his smoothness, Jamison Williams and his downfield speed. Right. Like you just had 
I, I do it for everybody, right? Like it was just there was trailing there was Burks such, is out there, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah trailing who's built like a linebacker. Like it was just yeah. a crazy top of the first round class this year. It's it's uh, I mean to use this meme actually it was it made me laugh. It's if it's stuck in my head, you know the one where uh, it's it's Master Splinter walking with the baby turtles, and it's like you know, he's walking <laughs> yeah. with them, and then eventually yeah, they yeah. become super big. She just used the first half of the meme when it's Master Splinter walking with the baby turtles, and it was just Quentin <laughs> Johnson was Master Splinter, and then all the tiny turtles were like. Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Josh Downs, because that's the class, right? So you have this one enormous dude who's not good at being enormous, and then everybody else is just really small. And that's what we're dealing with right now in the class. It, it's not nearly as, as variegated. That's incredible. Um, wow. So why don't we do this? Uh, of the guys remaining, can we just go through? I think we have like four or five guys left here to hit. Which one do you think has the best chance of being kind of the biggest outlier, the actual winner of this group? So I have Zay Flowers, who's my next guy above... Like I said, he's my wide receiver three. And I have a couple names we haven't mentioned yet because I am enamored with Zay. Like if there's a receiver with whom I'm ready to be like irresponsible and be like, he's the next insert name I should not use here as a comp. It's Zay Flowers. Uh, Antonio Brown. Zay lives. Zay played Boston College. All right. Zay terrorized ACC corners. They were just kids at Duke having nightmares, sweats for a week thinking about covering Zay Flowers. And Zay came back for his senior year. All these guys thought they were going to be done. And Zay came back in 2021 <laughs> to catch passes, quote unquote, from Phil Yurkovich and Emmett Moorhead. Catch passes here is an operative term because it implies the, catch, the passes are catchable. It implies that the throws have <laughs> arrived where the receiver is, which just doesn't happen on Zay's film. Flowers might be like insanely good. Flowers might be incredible. Like the, the film is awesome. The smoothness, the explosiveness, the, the body control. Like when I, if you ask me what separates him from Addison, it is absolutely how well he carries explosiveness through his cuts, gets downfield like with just, with, right, with just complete no loss of momentum. He is a joy to watch. Zay Flowers is going to be a sick 11 minute YouTube highlight reel <laughs> for like, you know, for his career, for people to watch like 20 years down the road. Like, dude, watch this guy move. Like this is crazy. So Zay Flowers, I'll speed run him. Um, at 10, I have KJ Hamler, right? And then I have like mm-hmm. this like middling area of like Jahan Dotson, Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore, T.Y. Hilton, which I, to me, like the most T.Y. Hilton <laughs> guy in this class is actually Zay Flowers. That's one where I actually have T.Y. Hilton down for. But my 50 and my 47 <laughs> are respectively Jalen Waddle and Chris Olave. Like, oh, wow. I, I don't. He's not going to become Waddle. He's I, he's not Waddle. I know he's not Waddle. He obviously he can't be Waddle. Nobody can be Waddle. <laughs> if you missed your potato head at Jalen Waddle and Olave. The thing the thing with Waddle is like... Uh, <laughs> Thank you for using that verb. Yeah. the I don't think like Waddle's acceleration is like... I would say it's one of one, but the other guy who also does it in the league is also on his team, Tyreek Hill. So it's one of two. But just like the zero to 60 on Waddle's untouched. And Flowers doesn't have that. But there are, there are reps from Flowers that remind me so much of Chris Olave where you're like, Oh man, like this guy knew he was going to get open against this corner seven seconds ago. And he's just playing with his food. I mean, he's just hitting steps and routes and then changing directions and turning heads and just, just putting again, like it's like an, and one mixtape. Like there is a, a <laughs> smoothness and, and, and a, there's no loss of momentum. He just can snap everything off and get turn on a dime. There's a control to flowers that is extremely professional and very dangerous. Uh, and so those those high end comps to me, like there are guys where you, you just kind of write the name down on the margin when you're watching this film. You're like, this reminds me of that one post route Waddle ran in Alabama. And then you like scratch it out. because You don't want anybody to see it. And that's how Zay Flowers makes me feel. I don't even think it's that wild to say this. He He's almost exactly the same size as Jalen Waddle. Five, Jalen Waddle measured in at well, 5'9", 180. Zay Flowers, 5'9", 182. Flowers ran a 4'4", which is, I think, the main difference between Waddle and Flowers. Right. Like Waddle has... Waddle has more long speed, but the, uh, but Flowers ran a one four nine ten yeah. yard split, which is elite. Like that is jitterbug quick. Like he is so fast, like out of his breaks. And so why did he go to Boston College? I don't remember. It's uh, this. He's <laughs> Good like question. By all reports, Zay is an incredible kid who like very strongly believes in like you know doing what he's committed to. Whatever. He's a three star mm-hmm. recruit, so he wasn't that highly recruited. Is this boss? Did Zay Flowers is the one who went to the Shrine Bowl instead of the Senior Fort Bowl? Lauderdale. Because yep. he had committed to the Shrine Bowl. Yep. And so it's just basically, it's like he's a very loyal person. It was basically his answer of why he didn't go to the Senior Bowl. He committed to it a long time ago. I imagine he's going to be a first-round pick. and He'll be the first yeah. Shriner who's a first-round pick in quite some time. Everything that I heard at the Combine from multiple different people was that 
it's either going to be Jackson Smith and Jigmore, Zay Flowers, who are the first receiver picked in the draft. And he was playing as a freshman, first team all ACC as a sophomore, 2021 as a junior, uh, is on the Blitnikoff award list, has a great season, and then goes back for a senior year. Which, like, nobody does this, man. After all this, I think I'm moving him up to my wide receiver, too. I, he he is really good. The other f- fun fact about Zay Flowers: thirteen siblings. What? What? <laughs> thirteen okay. siblings. That is new, just incredible. New comp: fifty cheaper <laughs> by the dozen. Forty. I don't know any other references to families that have this many kids. John and Kate plus eight. Remember that show? Anybody? Yeah. No. No. Not no, at no all. One. Oh, I remember it. Uh, yeah. I comped him to Brandon Cooks, which I think. You know, I actually kind of like the Waddle one, but a lot more. But yeah. like Cooks is similar odd. style player, like very explosive, twitchy, you know, sudden is the word I keep yep. thinking of when I see Zay yeah. Flowers. He's a he's a first generation college student. He said, uh, I wanted to get a degree uh, from my family, be the first to graduate from college as well. Boston is the complete opposite of Florida. My dad wanted me to go somewhere I could get a good education. Like, you know, it's like he, he chose Boston College. It's a good school. Interesting. And then yeah. he went for four years to get his degree. He's a... I like I like I like me some Zay Flowers, man. He's a cool player. <laughs> You're convincing me. I like this. Thirteen too. is almost enough kids to like incorporate your own college. <laughs> it's like Philip Rivers would be proud. Holy cow! He can play against a full defense of his siblings. At home. <laughs> That's how he's so good. He's been practicing <laughs> yeah, against exactly. twelve people. So he's, he's been watching defensive install from eleven of his twelve siblings. He literally has enough for him, a quarterback, and then a full defense. <laughs> they can. That's, <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my god. Wow. Okay. So um, wait. So DK, you think Zay, so you're going to have Smith and Jigba be your number one receiver, and you're going to move Zay Flowers? You think up to number two? I think yes. I had Addison as my second, but I, I mean, I, I was waffling on it before we had this conversation, and Ben basically convinced me. I think, Zay, it, Zay, but Zay. it makes a lot of sense. Like where he wins, he's a little bit thicker, and by the way, he's gained I think like five or six pounds, seven pounds um, since the season of like muscle. So he's shown the ability to bulk up a little bit, which I don't know if any of these other guys can literally actually do. So there's that too. Um, there's just a lot of convincing arguments, I think, for him. Wait, hold on, hold on. Jordan Addison has nine siblings. Whoa. Wow. Okay. So it's a small class with a lot of siblings. <laughs> we gotta we gotta chart this now. Wide receiver weight on the x-axis, number of siblings on the y-axis. Let's find us a correlation. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna try a, a bigger player this time since I've been basically dealing with the smalls before. Uh, I'm going with AT Perry. From uh, Wake Forest, I think he is such an interesting guy to me because he hasn't really gotten a much hype during this process, but he is one of the bigger and more, I'd say more physical. He's not super physical, but more physical players in this class. Um, first off, Ben, where do you stand on A.T. Perry? I'm a fan. Uh, again, like I, I said it with Zay all the time, smooth, 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 smooth. And you watch A.T. Perry and you're like, oh, so smooth. It's just he's yeah. enormous. He's not nearly like that that caliber of a mover but there's that sensation that you get when you were watching like i don't know is a good one like 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 uh, michael Pittman coming out of usc drake mm-hmm. london coming out of usc where you're like oh the big man you know wiggle a little bit and that's that's always fun when you get a player like that yeah so here's my here's my group here's my 50 shades i'm gonna start out with like at the low end denzel mims who was a very athletic bigger guy just has not panned out in the nfl free, free denzel mims man Still, still believe if he gets out of if he gets out of New York, he's gonna be all right. Uh, my number thirty, he just signed with the Panthers. Actually, is DJ Chark again a longer guy with some explosiveness down the field, um, smooth, good body control. Number forty is the player that Craig thinks Devontae Parker is. <laughs> so, like the good version of Devontae Parker. Okay. <laughs> Craig's nodding. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I love that. Um, and then my 50 is, this is probably stupid. I probably should have had uh, Devontae Parker as 50, but, uh, my 50 is like if George Pickens had an older brother. Mm. Wow. I'm so in on this guy. You're really older, tearing this to me. Older here being bigger or order being like more mature, not like George Pickens. Literally older. And I don't know about the like maturity level, but he's literally two years older than George Pickens. There you go. So <laughs> George Pickens is 21. A.T. Perry is 23. He's a senior. Um, so obviously there's some differences there, but I think stylistically, I, I like the comp actually. And I looked up the RAS, the RAS last night. It was like almost identical. They're essentially the same athlete. Um, what, the RAS? The relative athletic score. It's a like oh. a, it's a weighted system where they take, you know, their 40, their weight, height and all that stuff. And like 
spit out a... So DK, you waited all show to come at me with a guy who you comped to Denzel Mims, Devontae <laughs> Parker, and George Pickens? Are you, yes. are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> know the audience, DK. <laughs> Look, you, get, you can't just win at the beginning, man. I was, I'm waiting, saving the best for last year. What, what uh. is, the, is the 60 out of 50 Kadarius Tony? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Just playing all the hits. Who else do you love? <laughs> that's the, that's that's my AT top four. AT is right such there. an interesting acronym. I don't know if I've ever met or heard what is, of yeah, it. What AT. is this actual? His name's Atorian. A T O R I A N. Which I'm not gonna lie, that's a pretty sick name. It's fucking Atorian badass. Barry. So yes, that's another reason to like this guy. Um, but big picture, he is a taller, um, bigger receiver with really good body control. I think he has build up speed to get down the field. He has big play uh, potential. How tall are we talking? He's like six three, I believe. Um, and he's a little, he's a little tall and skinny. Like, again, he's not a 225 pound guy. He's like 208 or something like that, but mm -hmm. he uses his size. Well, I think he's really good at concentrating at the catch point. He reels in some wild catches. Um, yeah, he has that big playability. I just really like him. I think he's a kind of a forgotten name in this class, but he could go in the third round and, and play early in his career and be a pretty good player. He's yeah. He's the guy where like every Everybody watches him like online, loves him, and then the NFL just doesn't seem super interested. Right. I, I think there's like a dime a dozen theory with that, but like in terms of big guys who who have good movement skills, he's he's one of a few. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He's not a plotter by any stretch, which is nice to see. And he's super productive because Wake Forest. Yeah, he had 15 touchdowns in 2021, which led the country. Mm -hmm. Um his, his numbers dropped off that. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> just casually dropped at the end, he led the country in touchdowns. Why is Wikipedia so wrong with these measurements? Wikipedia says he's six five. Well, he's he's probably probably he probably Perry probably edited it for himself. Yeah, the Wikipedia information is going to be off of the team bios, which the team bios are made for lying. Who do you think the most famous player in the draft is? We can edit their Wikipedia their size. Like Bryce Young's <laughs> definitely going to be like locked or something, or like <laughs> yeah, would be immediately correct. That one's like, on. They're vigilant with that one. But like we could like there's gotta be a receiver like like AT Perry. Could we make him like seven? Could we make Josh Downs like six three instead of five nine? Yeah. I think we right. could. To get some NFL TikTokers going bananas. Just being like Josh Downs so huge. People don't realize under he's so underrated. Somebody edited Fairly Dickinson's Wikipedia page when they beat Purdue for like five minutes and it was like Purdue's daddy or something like that. <laughs> it's a banger. <laughs> Very Dickinson. So just to button this up. Who's your favorite receiver among this group? Not necessarily going to be the best. I just want each of you to just say, who's your favorite player in this group? My my favorite is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. It's just like, 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 like DK says, he's just a football player. He's just so much fun to watch. With that said, throw on some, some, some Zay Flowers against Louisville. Throw on some Zay Flowers against Duke. Have yourself a good time watching that future first rounder just terrorize these defenses. I got to say the Zay Flowers propaganda in this pod is, was really convincing to me. I'm very excited about Zay Flowers now. More excited than I was even coming in. Cheaper by um, the can I throw out, I want to throw out one more comp that I came out came up with for a guy that we're not talking about today, but I just thought it was too perfect. Uh, Jaden Reed from Michigan State. Ben, have you watched Jaden Reed? Yes, at the Senior Bowl. I told you that you have Jaden Reed too low. I've been telling you about <laughs> Jaden Reed for four months. You may have I seen Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed is awesome. The first players I texted you about. I'm very upset. Anyway, he's awesome, as Ben would attest. Um, as I convinced Ben, like at the senior bowl run then, um, he, so the, my ceiling comp for him is Tyler Lockett. If he didn't turn into a fainting goat, as soon as he catches the football, <laughs> wait, the goats faint. Okay. <laughs> have you never, have you seen you one of the fainting? Like, yeah. It's, there's fainting. There's goats that faint when they hear like a loud noise or if you clap or something, yeah. they'll just like stiffen up and fall over. Yeah, That's like, what it's Tyler like, Lockett it's like, does. It's like the possum thing. Like, like play dead, like it's like an instinct. They're just like, ah, yeah, yeah. And they just Google go down. fainting goat, Heifetz. Yeah, I'm it's actually videos great. right now. Anyway, he doesn't he doesn't wow, fall this down goat immediately. Does look just like Tyler Lockett when he catches <laughs> the ball. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, maybe it was a better visual. I should have just tweeted it. Maybe I still will. Tyler Lockett without narcolepsy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just falls down immediately. Wait, who is this again? Jaden Reed, Michigan State. Jaden Reed out of Michigan State. I have Lockett down for Reed as well. Uh, it's a, it's a. It's that one, like, like it's high end, but that may, makes sense. Reed is my, my guy in the middle rounds. And then Cedric Tillman, out of the wide receiver out of Tennessee is my guy in the middle rounds who Craig yeah. Cedric Tillman reminds me of like Devonte Parker fused with Kadarius Tony. Like it's just kind of like, wow. Okay. Now we're just no. pandering. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, Cedric Tillman to me is like 
uh, if you took Michael Gallup like pre-injury and just beefed him up a little bit, just took that 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 guy was just so good physically, so good in the air, so good possession wise, making the tough catches. Then you strapped on a few more pounds. Tillman was banged up in 2022. Ankle injury was never healthy. Go watch you some 2021 Cedric Tillman, Alabama and Georgia. Ooh, baby, that man can play. Tillman is very <laughs> fun. I think if there's a, if I had to put a name right now, we're like, Oh, this guy goes top 50 and everybody is stunned. Like nobody thought the league end this highly. I would bet Tillman above everybody else. I, he's the exact yeah, sort of people the league yeah. likes. It's not a shrimp. He knows how to use it. He's, yeah. he's big and he is a bully. He had a touchdown catch against Georgia this year where he's just like standing still in the end zone and the corner's like scrambling to get him around him and he's just feet rooted in the ground. Oh, he's big. I love him. <laughs> Can I just say this is a great crop of wide receiver names? This is much better than last year's class. We got great names across the board here. Quentin Johnson's great name. Even JSN's cool. Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Cedric Zay's Tillman. Good. Great names. Yeah, that's a good one. I like Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims. A.T. Perry. Uh, Incredible. Andre, yeah. Perry. Andre Yosevas. That one's Ooh, good. Ooh, that's fun. Tank yeah, Dell. Like, yeah. Tank Bryce Dell. Tank Dell is unreal. Michael Jake Wilson. Bobo. Well, Jake Bobo. Shut up, Michael Wilson. <laughs> Michael Wilson's going to be a mid rounder just because his name's Michael yeah. Wilson. Joe and Gata. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good name class. A very good point. I didn't realize that. Dontavian Puka Wicks. Nakua. Puka. Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua. Kayshawn Booty. Bootay, if you will. <laughs> it's definitely Booty. I know. <laughs> There's a guy named Kayshawn Ass, and who didn't come up to like the 12th <laughs> name of all the good names of the receivers. Oh my God. All right. Was she right? Go to NFLDraft.thringer.com. We got mock draft. Board, DK's scouting reports, everything. Go to NFLDraft.3.com. Emails? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Emails. Or e- email? I forgot what I was supposed <laughs> to do. Email. Yeah, thank you. Owen. 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 Just writing, many emails like this, just writing to say props to the fighting Craig Krollbeck, San Diego State, for taking it to Bama. Go South Dakota State could never do that. We've established who the superior SDSU is. I think it was already established, but thank you, Owen. Do do you guys have a thing? Is there a thing? Like, is, is no, they're like just a- both SDSU. No, nah, you know, it's just annoying to yeah. see the acronym on screen. And <laughs> right. so who it is. What, what was it like watching your team make the final four? I mean, to to be honest, it's just like pure, just like pure, genuine joy. There's no, there's nothing <laughs> better than because like. That. To be a, to have, you know, a, a sweet 16 is what I was hoping for. I was hoping we could get past Charleston, thought we were going to play Virginia and then we'd get to Bama. And I was like, you know what? A sweet 16 is great. Uh, it's, it's just, there's something special about going to a school that doesn't do stuff like this. I mean, Kai, our producer went to TCU, then making a national championship. Like it's all gravy from here. It was all gravy starting in the sweet 16. Like after we beat Bama, I was like, I don't give a shit what happens. We beat Creighton. I was like, I don't give a shit what happens. Now we're in the final four. If we lose, I love all these guys. It's, it's, it's just been so much fun. It's incredible. I ho- and I hope it really helps out the program to be honest. And I think it will. That's honestly kind of how when you said just pure joy, that's like how DK described his child being born. I mean, my, my child's middle name might be, might be Aztec depending on what happens on Saturday. <laughs> Aztecs is just tough to chant. I what what like all I the only chant I is know it? for the it's two syllables. It just doesn't Let's roll off go the tongue. Aztecs. I mean, I don't know. No, you can you can make anything work. I'm just saying, like, do you, do you guys like have a thing? Do you have like a woo pig suey? Do you have like a you know roll <laughs> tide? Do you have a green wave? Like, what do you got? Uh, we don't really have like a like a roll tide or anything like that. We do the no. I believe chant. You know the I believe that we will win thing. Right, it's we very do that. generic. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, we don't really have like a specific saying per se i like specific sayings and i don't i like i i think if i were a collector the thing i would collect would be sayings for colleges like how they root for their teams i just find them so funny uh and i don't know any for san diego state makes me sad well it's because they never do anything on television and now they're on tv i can't imagine if my team made the final four i literally cannot imagine i was rooting for them on behalf of craig and that was so nerve-wracking i can't imagine if it was my team yeah, it was excruciating. Weirdly, the Bama game was less stressful than the Creighton game. And that was against a guy who's going to be the top five pick in the NBA draft. These guys were great that whole game. Creighton was, yeah, the ending was was high-key stressful. Yes, a real drag-out, muddy game, which is SDSU's like whole MO. <laughs> Not aesthetically, you know, great basketball. But when you're no, we for your bring friends, you down yeah. to our level. We drag you into the depths of hell and make you try to score 65 points. Go Tex. Go Tex. 
<laughs> go Tex. All right. We're going to go to. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Solak. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Thank you to San Diego State. Are you guys going to win the Final Four? Yeah, we are. I, th- I, I, I think so. I don't know. I, I guess I'm so superstitious. Like, I don't want to jinx. Do I say yes or no there? I feel like both ways it jinxes it. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't answer it. There you go. Filibuster. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank the you, Abba. NFL just approved players can wear the number zero. Lauren. Whoa, really? <laughs> really? Oh, my yeah. God. Yes. Everybody except for offensive linemen and defensive linemen are now allowed to wear number zero. Punters and place kickers can now wear numbers zero through 49 and 90 through 99. Okay. Who are the guys who should wear zero? Okay. So no linemen. Oh, no linemen. Yeah. Which makes it annoying. Should it be a cornerback? Because like all the receivers do one, but you're like in a racer. Yeah. They're probably going to, we're going to see a lot of that. I think Jalen Ramsey, a back, a back in zero is nice. I'll, I'll, I'll take a running back in zero. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Are we going to see a quarterback take zero? Is Bryce Young going to be zero? I don't think a, if a quarterback takes zero, that's like a culture question mark. It's a, it's a bad face. He's not a leader. He can't leave men if he's taking zero. <laughs> Do you remember zero at? from holes though? True. The, zero from holes. An elite zero. Oh. But yeah. Anyway. Hector Zeroni. Full right. name. Yes, that's correct. I just, yeah. the, I love that we know holes that well in this show. That's my, that's my only pop culture right there is, is the holes. I've well, seen the holes like 25 times, I think, in my God. life. I'm tired of digging, Grandpa. Well, that's too damn bad. <laughs> I definitely have seen people using that meme format. So I enjoy it. For DK, DK it's just an extension we, of SpongeBob where it's just, yeah, I we just should call DK Mr. Sir only for the rest of yeah. this show's existence. Is that, who that, is that who, who that guy is? That's John Voight plays <laughs> Mr. Sir. <laughs> Sir. Yep. God, John Voight. <laughs> and Sigourney Weaver, Shia LaBeouf, it's a cast. It's very strong. It's a cast Absolutely. and a half. Henry Winkler. Yeah. Dulé Henry Hill. Winkler. I can fix Rick that. Fox? <laughs> Rick Fox? Wow. Yeah, Rick Fox is in it. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com gmail.com if you have any thoughts on holes. All right, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.